Let us pray. Give us, Lord, the liberty of that abundant life you have made known to us through love, through patience, through grace, and through justice. Amen. Please be seated. I've always enjoyed walking, and depending on my mood, uh, sometimes even running. It's been a form of self-care for many years. It's what I do to connect to God and, and myself, trying to center myself. So I've, I've always done it just because it helps me. I've never really considered it, uh, considered doing it for any other reason. Until I got to seminary. My last year there, our, our friends, um, while I was in Austin, our friends told us that they had signed up for the Austin Half Marathon. And Than and I were intrigued by this. I didn't know much about marathons, and I just, I really couldn't wrap my head around people paying to participate in them. Like, you pay to do this. Um, and listen, I, 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 I'm just always looking for ways to save money. You can ask Reverend Hannah um, that I'm always like, oh, but if we could get it for free. Uh, and anyway, so Than and I waited until the very last minute. We decided, okay, let, let's try this. Uh, we had never done it before, right? And so. Uh, we were just not sure if we could commit to this. And if you've been to Austin or you've lived in Austin, you know how hilly it is. So just just keep that in mind as you you know think about uh, as I we were preparing for that. You know we're used to Houston flat, and then we're like, yeah, let's do our first half marathon in Austin. Great idea, everybody. So we ended up downloading training schedules. You know, you just go online, like Google it. I was on Pinterest, everything you could find. It was like, I wanted all of it. Um, and, and I read all the articles on how to have your first half marathon be successful. And I thought, well, I already, I already do this. Like I already walk, you know, here and there, and I run here and there. Like really, how hard could this be? I was wrong, it was very hard. Uh, but we will get there. In this morning's Old Testament lesson, we listen for a call to repentance and a promise of restoration. We are challenged with instructions concerning how we observe the covenant and how we are called to rituals that may mean absolutely nothing if they do not lose the bonds of injustice and if they do not undo the thongs of the yoke. So for some odd reason, as I was preparing and I was reading, um, I read the, the scripture once and then I listened to a few podcasts and, um, and a few things online, uh, you know, so everything was auditory kind of after, after reading it that one time. You're not going to believe what I did. I heard the word yoke, Y-O-L-K. So this meant that I went and looked it up as such said yoke, and I went down this, this rabbit hole wondering why the prophet Isaiah speaking as God would say to undo the thongs of the yoke. I thought surely this will make more sense to me in Spanish, and it didn't. I was a lot more confused. Yoke and yoke. Those similar sounds, not quite homophones, but close enough to confuse someone whose first language is not English. Fortunately for... Fortunately for you all and for myself, I caught this little mistake before today. 
Although I think I can also draw a message from this. Trust in the Lord and lean and not on your own understanding. Because I was convinced. I was like, I got a yoke. Well, why would it say? And anyway, our lesson calls, calls out all these rituals that we observe. And that mean nothing if they are not followed by helping to seek the justice and dignity of every human being. As we prepare for Lent, yes, we are still a few weeks away, but time flies and it's already February, so probably you might want to revisit those New Year's resolutions if you had them. I think this is an excellent time to evaluate and assess where we are with them. The call made to all of us believers is straightforward. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing, the bondage, the, the pulling, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom will be like noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in all those harsh places. So what does this have to do with this half marathon? Nothing could have prepared me for it. I, like I said, I read all the things, followed all, all the tips I was given. Now all these things helped. But what made the difference was the training that was done leading up to it. It was not the supplements or the gear, the cool shoes, the, the, the compression socks, though they were helpful. What mattered was actually getting out there and doing the thing and resting when my body asked for that, which I was not used to doing. I think similarly, our rituals and the practices that are being referred by the prophet Isaiah this morning is that these rituals and practices matter. Whatever practices center you and bring you closer to God, they are important. But it is also those intentional steps we take toward justice and healing that have an impact in our world. I would not have been able to complete my half marathon had I not done the physical work of preparing. Similarly, the church cannot be the church if it is not doing the work of seeking the justice of every human being. If it is not, as Bishop Oscar Romero reminds us, a church that doesn't provoke any crisis, a gospel that does not, doesn't unsettle, a word of God that doesn't get under anyone's skin, a word of God that doesn't touch the real sin of the society in which it is being proclaimed, what gospel is that? Very nice, pious considerations that don't bother anyone. That's the way many would like preaching to be. Sometimes preachers avoid every thorny matter so as not to be harassed, so as not to have conflicts and difficulties. And this does not light up the world that we live in. Our gospel similarly follows this recurring theme reminding us what we are. Jesus in this part of the Sermon on the Mount is calling us the salt of the earth, the light of the world. Jesus is talking to his disciples and us and an exciting point of view that I heard this week by, from a preacher and, and made me see this differently is that nowhere in this sermon does it say that we are going to be or that we could be salt or light. 
Jesus says you are. You are already those things. And because you are, and God loves us, as the prophet Isaiah reminds us, we are also called to live a life that allows others to see that they too are loved by God. And I don't know about you, but then I also found it ironic that Paul, speaking to the church in Corinth, starts us off by saying that he did not come proclaiming the mystery of God to them in lofty words or wisdom, and then continues to do just that. I had to go, I, I highly encourage you to find a few different translations to kind of help yourself understand it, which is what I kind of did. And I just thought, okay, what is Paul trying to say? When all else fails, trust in the Lord to have faith when those things that could go wrong go wrong. Since your birthday or, or on, on your, you know, when I, you're trying to sleep through the night and you have a, a child and you are frustrated, when all those things go wrong, we can lean on Christ and the example that we have. To have faith that the Spirit will lead us to greater things. So the invitation today, I'd love to leave you always with, with an invitation to yourself, but also an invitation or a challenge to this church. How do you embody being the salt of the earth and the light of the world? We have this opportunity today, today, both on a personal level and as a church, to do better. To get going. That all these rituals and these practices that we have adopted throughout the years, that they matter. Fasting matters if it gets you closer to God. But also getting up and doing. So as we celebrate and observe Black History Month, let us consider how we work towards a more just future for all. And I end with a quote from theologian Kelly Brown Douglas who reminds us, our reparations, all that we do, must close and repair the gap between the present and God's just future for all. Amen.